What up, AOTA family? Welcome to Passing Period and All the Above Podcast Extra. Now, y'all know, y'all been with us for a minute. You know our show is primarily a video show. It's a, it's a whole production. We bring on guests and it's super dope. We cover all these headlines and all kinds of good stuff. And, um, you know, it takes a while to uh, process all that and get it up on the YouTube channel. So in between those full episodes, we drop these passing periods. Ordinarily, these are exclusively for those of you who listen to the podcast on the go. However, you know, we might start throwing some of these up on the YouTube channel for folks who primarily interact with us that way. But um, in any case, welcome. This is Manuel Rustin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. And I am here with Jeff. And um, Jeff, man, psh. Slow news week, man. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's hard to even I mean, remember we only what had, happened. Uh, <laughs> we, I mean, I think we, we only had like one insurrection this week. So only there's one. just Although the one. I did. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I need to confirm this, but they talked about uh, a second insurrection with some folks running up into the state capitol in, in Kansas. So I, what? That, that, <laughs> I didn't even hear about that. Yes, that's not confirmed. We need to check our sources. But I was like, that's, <laughs> that's wild. Like right before we started this, I heard that and was like, oh, my God. It, like, uh, think of how crazy a week it's been where possibly there was a coup attempt in Kansas and we didn't even hear about it. Yeah, that, that you are correct. Um, I think I heard you say we have to check our sources. I don't know what you're talking about, Jeff. It's 2021. We don't check sources anymore. We just run with it. First tweet you see, <laughs> first thing you see on Facebook, you just run with it. And, you know, that's just the state of things. And, you know, folks, we are obviously here. You know, it hurts so much that you can't help but just laugh, you know, at aspects of this. And obviously there's nothing, nothing funny about what happened and what transpired this week. So here we are on our education show where we talk about news and headlines in the world of education. And as all of you know who are listening to this, education, you know, doesn't operate in a bubble. No matter if your subject is is math or science or you have kindergartners or whatever, you you don't operate in a bubble that's separate from what's happening in the world. And those of you who've been in, in education for a while, those of you who have taught for a while, you have certainly had those days that came like the day after uh, a major world or national event. And um you know those days. Those days are different, and and we had, we had one of those days this week, the day after an attempted coup, and we're going to talk about it. Some we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk a bit about what this means for for educators and how educators should approach this. We know some of y'all who are teachers, maybe you're going back to school this this week. Um, I know LA Unified starts on Monday. Um, I already started last week. My district started last week. So you know we're going to kind of. Take a moment to discuss what does this mean and how do we even approach this with with our students because what happened this week this um this insurrection this this violent insurrection in which people died we can't just as educators sweep it under the rug and go on to the the next chapter in the textbook or whatever folks like to do to to stay safe and, and to um you know just focus on their job or whatever so so yeah we're gonna talk about it man we're gonna talk about it jeff first of all i am very interested in hearing about your thoughts about this because man i mean a, lo a lot of stuff happened wednesday and we were all working and some of us saw it live some of us you know it ended the busy work day and you finally have time to catch up on what's going on and it's just like whoa what what is this so so tell me about your your january 6th <laughs> well uh i was definitely in the category of folks who were working it was a very busy work week for me my um, organization has a a big event in early january which we where we gather all the leadership teams from um from all the schools so 
it's you know it's really like a obviously virtual this year, but uh, essentially a conference with like four hundred people in attendance, and um, and so you know I was busy getting ready for that, and um, I knew something crazy was happening because like my phone was blowing up, the news alerts, friends texting about stuff, and I was like I know it must be crazy. So I but during the day I only got like a few peaks. Um, at some headlines and that kind of thing. And then after work, I plugged in to really, um, you know, kind of check it out and was just completely blown away, man. I mean, um, you know, on the one hand, I think at least certainly myself and many, many other people who've been very concerned about the the sort of growing extreme right-wing fascist movement in this country have been like, hey, these folks are armed and... (laughs) They've been saying that they're they're going to do this. They there was a small group of them that already tried right in Michigan, right, um, right, and uh, and so on that level, it's not at all surprising. Um, it is you know it's funny to me because the fact that the police would treat them with such kid gloves, right, is not at all surprising because we've we've been seeing that around the country. You know, when the Proud Boys roll through Portland and get high fives meanwhile they're right. they're gassing you know grandmothers uh with black lives matter signs right down the street we know how that goes but i didn't think that they were going to let them just roll up into capitol and start snatching podiums and running after members of congress Man. like that was that even surprised me that um you know the sort of depths of privilege given to uh, extremist white terrorists in this country, uh, it runs even deeper than I thought. Um, so, you know, I try not to get surprised by it, but I, but I was this week. I didn't think we, they were going to let the Confederates roll up in the Capitol with Confederate flags and start snatching stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was a scary day. And, um, you know, I think, even, you know, it's funny, I was, I was kind of arguing with some folks, not arguing, but debating with some uh, very left-leaning uh, friends of mine who, you know, I think took more of this, uh, you know, the stance of like any revolutionary act is, is like good because it, you know, encourages people to stand up against power or something. I think for me, I, you know, I didn't, I did not see what happened on Wednesday. Is that at all? I, I, I think not, yeah, not all revolutionary acts are are about justice, and this was most certainly not about justice, and I don't think advanced or helped any cause of justice. Um, you know, it it showed the fragility of you know of what shreds of democracy we have in this country, and. Um, and that was that was a scary moment, man. I you know, I, I don't know what else to say about it really than that. What was what was your take? And you were teaching, yeah. so I'm I'm very curious. I like, was. Yeah. What what was your take? And then, you know, how, how did this this go over? Because I'm assuming this like literally kids were on their phone or whatever, like in class. I assume with you or you guys were getting real time updates. I would imagine. Right. Well, it's interesting because, yeah, I def, you know, I was teaching on Wednesday and we have a, a black schedule. So actually my classes on Wednesday, it was my first time seeing them since before the break because Monday and Tuesday happen to be the other set of classes. So our classes, you know, they start at 830 and most of this stuff happens, at least 
from my recollection, most of the most serious parts of this happened um, later on in the day. So my early morning class was just a regular day, like, welcome back to semester. Let's talk about it. Let's, you know, debrief. Let's talk about what this semester is going to look like and, and all of that. And a little bit of updates regarding the elect. I don't know if you remember, but there was a, a, a Senate runoff long time ago, way back in on Tuesday. And that Wednesday, we talked a little bit about what this means. And, and I also told students to pay close attention to the news today because I knew there was, just, just like everybody, everybody knew there was a, a, a massive demonstration, quote unquote, being planned in the Capitol. So I told them, you know, this is a big day. They're certifying the, the results of November's election and, and with all the claims of false claims of fraud and this and that, like, you know, just pay attention, see what happens. And by the time things got really, really really bad in terms of the violence in the Capitol. I was already done with classes for the day. So when my last class finished and I, you know, turned on the TV and sort of, you know, took a moment to like check in on, you know, did they, did they finish the, the uh, process in the joint session yet or what? Then it was like, wait, why, why are guns out? And then I saw all the images and then, you know, it all hit me. So I didn't see it unfold live with students. So it was really odd because it was like, I just told students to pay attention, today's a big day, but I did not mm. see this coming. And I don't mean that in the way of like, you know, I, I understand like the, the, when folks say nobody should be surprised, if you're paying attention, none of this would surprise you. That is true. Somebody said it best, I think, when they said, it's not surprising, but it's still shocking. Like it's not surprising because we've seen all of the, you know, the whole trail leading up to this and we know America's history. So none of this is surprising in that sense, but it's still shocking to see images of, of folks in Nancy Pelosi's office with their feet kicked up on her desk. It's still shocking to see people like on the floor of the house and especially myself, like I've been to the Capitol building and you know, I was telling students like, especially for a joint session, on a day as big as is that day, you would think it'd be next to impossible for somebody up off the street to make it all the way to the floor. Oh yeah. And so it was shocking <laughs> to see that. Yeah. You know, it was just shocking to see that. And I was telling students the next day when we were talking about it, I was like, imagine trying to get through LAX and make it all the way to a plane and make it into the captain's seat. Like none of us would make it. It would be impossible yeah. for you to do that. Yeah. And you would think the floor of the house guns, would be <laughs> like, yes, the, yes, that's, there is actual security yeah, there. That to me, that's the part that actually honestly did shock me. Yeah, again, like you said, right? Like yeah. the, the fact that these crazy fascists were there ranting and raving and protesting, not surprised. Right. The fact that the police didn't shoot them, right? I I knew the police liked them and were sympathetic to their cause. I didn't think they'd actually let them run in the Capitol. Threaten Correct. members of Congress, have them have the Secret Service have to rush Mike Pence and and Kamala Harris out the back door, right? With Congress people right. hiding under desks, I didn't think they would let that go down without any gunshots, man. Exactly. Like that's that's where I was like, oh wow, this this is different, you know? Yeah, you know exactly, exactly, and and then just like all educators, hopefully, well, not literally all educators, but most educators, I spent. Wednesday wondering about what what's the next day going to look like in terms of my teaching and in terms of my classes. Mm. And, um, you know, I want to shout out Marion Dingle, um, math teacher extraordinaire, um, who I follow on Twitter um, at Dingle Teach, because she said it probably probably best in terms of the, the chorus of educators I saw who um, expressed the importance of of addressing this with their students. Um, she said on, on, on Wednesday, she tweeted out 
So educators, I ask you in all sincerity, what are you teaching tomorrow? Will it enable your students to think critically or will it make them resent you years from now when they learn of the truth that you didn't tell? And I mean, that just, that, that just says it all right there. You know, just this, this, the fact that students need our help as educators, no matter how old or young the student is, they need our help as educators to um, reflect on what happened and think critically about what happened and explore why it happened and explore what happens next or what should happen next. And I spent most of Wednesday thinking about, okay, how am I going to approach this with my students? And, you know, this isn't the first quote unquote day after type of day I've had, you know, the, um, my most recent memory of having like that type of, of event that needed to be reflected upon with my students in a very careful, careful way was the day after the 2016 election. Not that other big things haven't happened since then, of course, but in terms of like a moment so big that like I knew kids were going to come in in the morning, like shaken, you know? So I spent most of Wednesday thinking about what that next, next day would look like, especially since for me, this is the first time having a, a quote unquote day after through a fully <laughs> virtual platform where I don't see students. I don't see, like, I don't see them, you know, in terms of their, their cameras are off and I can't read the room in that same way that I normally do. So, so I was kind of grappling with, with that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, it is, you know, this topic, right. Of politics in the classroom and, and kind of what, what role teachers need to play and what the line is, is a topic we talked about on the show. Literally, I think, you know, our very first episode <laughs> was about this yes. uh, three years ago. And we, you know, we've, we've circled back to it periodically and partially just because I think this period of time has been so fraught with, um, you know, with, with just these, these political circumstances where basic morality and, what's happening in our political realm come into, you know, into clash so directly, right? So like, you know, supporting Klansmen marching in, you know, Charlottesville and being like, there's very fine people on both sides. Like, nah, that's, there's just not very fine Klans people, uh, <laughs> you know, on, right. on both sides, right? Um, and sa same thing in this instance right like there's they ran up in the capitol with confederate flags and uh you know and and looking uh zip ties look like literally armed looking to kidnap members of congress right now however you feel about the the members of congress in this country there's no doubt that that is one obviously like a crime and two you know not a democratic exercise of power. Like you lost an election and now you want to go kidnap the officials who are certifying right. the election. Like that is a authoritarian fascist coup of some sort. Right. And then you're just steeped in this deep white nationalism, literally carrying the flag, you know, the blue line flags and the, and the Confederate flags, you know, I mean, there, there's no, there's not another side to the equation, I think, that like you, you can put up as like, hey, we have different opinions about how elections should work and what election security should look like. Right? Like one side didn't like the result and tried to stage a, you know, piss poor attempt at a coup. Right. Um, right. And and so that just has to be talked about as, as a reality, I would think. 
Um, now, easy for me to say, not being the person who's got to, <laughs> you know, stand up in front of class uh, and, and and do that. But, um, but you know, it, does, it just makes me think of some of what we talked about with this before, right? That, like, there are some basic values of school that I think are just true, right? Like, the acknowledging the worth of all people and yeah. having respect for, you know, people's identities of different ways, shapes, and forms and creating spaces that are safe for people to be who they are and be respected. And, and what we're seeing manifest what we saw uh, this past Wednesday uh, manifest in Washington, D.C. is just the polar opposite of that, right? It's a, you know, sort of a, a mass expression of, of white nationalist rage, right? Um, among some other things. So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like we can't be afraid to actually describe things that happened as they are. You know, if we if we want if you know folks want to debate the question of election security and fraud, okay, finally, you know, like that's a valid question to ask. You just got to be prepared for the fact that, like, I think it was nine judges that Trump even that Trump himself appointed, and we know he's appointed right, right wing nuts up and down, right? We're like, right. yeah, there's no evidence of fraud, <laughs> like. You know, so you just got to be willing to accept the facts, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that's the challenge for teachers is that we know that we have to raise students who have a critical lens and view of things and are able to, you know, separate fact from fiction and, you know, do all that civic online reasoning and, and all that stuff. But it's for me. The facts are so clear, so, you know, for example, for the election fraud thing, like Georgia, what they had, like, they recounted it like two or three times, one of them by hand. It's just like, you can't allow folks to still be out there saying that all we want is an audit. All we want is to invest, like all that stuff has been done. And to your point, Jeff, like even, even Trump appointed judges were, were, um, you know, weighing in on this in terms of, you know, throwing out the lawsuits because the things that are being claimed, just there's no evidence whatsoever for them. So then, you know, as a teacher, it's just like, just thinking about a lot of these folks who believe these things, they're not, not all of them are like, you know, way up there in age and never were taught these things in school. Like a lot of them are a lot of young adults. Like if you watch the footage from, um, from Wednesday, it's a lot of young adults out there um, who are writing and who were um, trying to take down the government. And it's like, they had to have been taught these things in school. Maybe not the, the, political aspect of it in terms of like the, the importance and the value of all humanity and these, and these uh, you know, values that we think more educators need to really emphasize. But they had to have been taught a little bit about like, you know, a reliable source here or use this evidence for this argument, like all that stuff is in, you know, even the common core standards, you know, so it's like, despite that, they're still out here willfully ignoring pure basic facts. So then as a teacher, it's like, my fear is, having um more and more folks in the population who no matter no matter how much they are taught about examining the credibility and reliability of sources no matter how much they're taught about weighing evidence and, and having a critical lens of things like it seems to be a so many folks out there simply do not care about that and they don't even want to hear your your uh, reasoning or rationale behind it they believe in their heart that there's you know whatever a socialist uh democratic communist party taken over and like nothing you say, no evidence you could point to will convince them otherwise. And to me, that's terrifying. And that's, 
that that's the part that worries me is like how many of my students are getting these lessons however a year or two after high school they discover this youtube channel which leads them to this other one and then like you know within months they're so deep in this rabbit hole that the stuff they learned in school doesn't even matter because all oh, schools are just set up to try to indoctrinate you anyways and you know they never taught you the truth here's the actual truth and it's just that's scary to me that's very very scary to me yeah yeah it is man and it's you know you know, I was just looking up to to double check the numbers, right? Because the 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 mm-hmm. count, what people, a lot of people don't realize is like, you know, whenever that was late November, when we essentially knew what the outcome was of the election, not actually all the votes had been counted at that point, right? Um, and there were right. still, you know, absentee ballots and things being counted. It was just like clearly in states that had been decided. So the final count, as I understand it now, is Biden with about 81 million votes and Trump with about 74. So we're talking about a 7 million vote margin, right? Million. Right, which is like four and a half percent, a percentage point win for Biden, right? Like this, I wouldn't necessarily call that a landslide, but it's not even remotely a close, uh, you know, outcome. It's no election in 2000. Right, right. And because we live in crazy America with an electoral college where the popular vote and the winner don't have to match, you know, even if you look at the electoral college, it's not even remotely close, right? And so it's, it is, it's, I think what you're saying is so important, right? It's like, we're, we're living in this world where we're seeing masses of people, large masses of people now who just deny some basic realities, right? And I think, it, you know, we've talked about this before, but like to me, it, you know, everyone always wants to talk about the crisis in education and like, and even right now, oh, learning loss and what's happening with the learning loss. And we got to get the kids back in school because, you know, all the, the poor black and brown kids are going to fall further behind. Okay. I mean, you know, fine. We can have that conversation. And, and some of those people are righteous in making that claim. And let's talk about it. And on the other hand, we got masses of white folks running up in the Capitol with Confederate flags. I'm like, who's talking about the crisis in American education? Is we have like cultish, disturbed, violent masses of white folks, right? Um, yeah. Trying to stage a coup. All these people went to school. The vast majority of them went to yeah. public schools, right? Um, what's up with white America's schools? They are doing, a, have done. Right a horrendous job for as long as we've <laughs> we've known uh, and are currently failing miserably. And, you know, they might have nice facilities and they might have, you know, winning sports teams or something, but they're producing these people. So, like, what, when are we going to talk about that crisis in education? That's what that's what I want to know, Manuel. Yeah. And that and that's the thing. It's, you know. We could talk about the folks who actually stormed the Capitol and um, tried to topple our, our democracy, but then the folks who led them, you know, the, the senators and the, the Congress people who led them and who led that charge, speaking to your point about education, like these are quote unquote, highly educated individuals. Yeah. Like, you know, the senators who, who backed this, one went to Stanford and then, you know what, uh, Princeton or, or uh, Yale Law School after that, Ted Cruz went to Harvard Law School. And it's just, um, at least I, I, he went to some Ivy League. I think it was Harvard Law School um, in Princeton undergrad. But in any case, education alone 
um, traditional education alone is not going to save us, not traditional education alone, because a lot of these folks are educated folks who, who went to school, who graduated, who have been taught these fundamental lessons about the Constitution and democracy and we the people. And somehow, some way, all that got contorted mm -hmm. into a belief that that means I need to storm this Capitol and try to attack these legislators because they stole an election from me, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, so yeah, traditional education is not going to save us. And that's to me just example number whatever that we need an education, an education system and a curriculum and a pedagogy that emphasizes um, humanization and emphasizes critical consciousness so that students are aware of how these things play out so that students can spot these um, these systemic issues and these um, these tactics early on so that they hopefully have less of a chance of, of being bamboozled and hoodwinked by by all this nonsense online so you know I think about all the states, including California, that are that are moving towards having ethnic studies as either a graduation requirement or at least an offering at at your school site, and and that's why we need it because you need that sort of lens in order to understand. Well, this senator is from a very privileged family, went to very privileged schools, and has a um, you know Stanford degree and a. Um, Princeton or Yale law degree, yet is speaking complete nonsense. And he obviously knows it's nonsense, but he also knows that the people listening maybe aren't aware that it's nonsense. And, and having a, a lens with which to view this through white supremacy, view this through the, the historic injustices that have happened, to me, that's necessary for students to be able to look at this and see truth through all the lies and through all the nonsense. Uh, all of my students, not literally all of them, but um, when we talked about this, when we uh, discussed it on Thursday and Friday, um, overwhelming majority of my students saw it for what it is. They said the fact that the police responded this way on Wednesday, however, in Los Angeles, when there's uh, Black Lives Matter protests in the summer, they responded this way, like that itself shows the double standard, that itself shows white supremacy in action, like the the chat box in our, in our Zoom school thing was like all like white privilege, white privilege, white supremacy, this, you know, they wouldn't act like this if it was black protesters, they wouldn't act like this if it was Black Lives Matter related. So, so a lot of students, a lot of young people out there do have that lens or at least are developing that lens. We need more. Mm. We need more educators to have that lens. We need more educators to understand how to um, develop that lens in their classes, regardless of what subject matter they teach. And it's it's difficult work. And I, I don't know, man. Um, I'm dismayed at seeing how many educators, at least just the ones I follow online, um, were reporting that they received some pushback from their administrators or or from from parents who were saying like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be talking about this in class, this and that. I know at my school, my uh, my community is is very supportive of us addressing these issues with students. Um, but I know a lot of other educators are in, in districts and in communities that are steeped in this this really twisted view of the world and really twisted view of our um, state of things in, in America. And, and I just, I think about those educators who, who know many of their students' parents were maybe in this in this riot or supported this riot. And I could imagine trying to teach through a screen, knowing that like those folks are on the other side waiting to catch me saying something. And those, you know, I just I feel for those teachers who who understand that they do need to discuss this. They do need to help students understand this. However, those students' parents are are part of the problem. Um, 
That's tough, man. That's tough. It, it is, it, you know, it is. I, I couldn't imagine being in that context, right? Um, it does make me think, man, well, you know, we, we you know, in, in this country at least, love to d- sort of um, look down our noses at, at the rest of the world and say things like, you know, how could, how could they let, you know, Hitler come to oh, power in, in Germany? Or how could they let the extermination of, you know, millions of people in the Holocaust happen? Or how could, you know, how could a Mussolini or a Franco or these kind of, you know, folks take power? And, uh, and I was, I, I heard uh, Malcolm Nance on a radio show the other day who does a lot of like national security reporting. And, and normally I don't, I feel like he and I stand for the exact opposite things in the world. So I'm not necessarily a huge fan, but I learned some interesting stuff about like the nature of his work uh, <laughs> by listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, it hit me, man, that like, that event, and, and this, you know, this, this was his uh, description of things, right? So you had a joint session of Congress. You had the current vice president presiding over the Senate. You had the incoming vice president, who is a current sitting U.S. senator, right, all in the Capitol at the same time. So typically, the only time that that happens, uh, according to, you know, to Malcolm Nance, uh, throughout the course of the year is when there's a State of the Union address, right, or some other special event. And what happens right. when there's, you know, the State of the Union or, or, or a joint session of Congress is they huge security precautions are taken. They do things like shutting down airspace um, over Washington, D.C. They shut down streets. All the law enforcement Parks police, ATF agents, all these other agencies are activated. Crisis response teams are, you know, on alert. They got fighter jets yep. flying around above, you know, above the Capitol, like on patrol, right? None of those things happened on Wednesday. And and the Capitol Police, some of them were like, here, let me get that barricade out of your way, you know, so, so you don't trip on yep. your way into Pelosi's office, right? So... You know, when when we stack up our our internalized notions of American exceptionalism and how you know that that fascist stuff, that undemocratic stuff that happens in those other places could never happen here. I think there's this very valuable teaching moment, uh, you know, that someday is going to be written about beautifully in <laughs> in textbooks. I'm sure uh, to say like just how close did we come this week to. A, to a collapse of our version of democracy that we have known, right? Right. Um, and, you know, I, I, people can debate, like, how close we actually just came, right? But the reality is it's certainly way closer than we, <laughs> than we thought uh, we could come. Correct. Right? Um, and maybe the closest that we've come in anyone's lifetime who's alive right now, right? Um, like, maybe the closest we've come since the Civil War. I don't know. So... You know, right. I, I think there is, uh, in addition to sort of the like race and equity uh, issue that was on full display, right, and white privilege that was on full display, there's also just the question of democracy in America, right? Um, and do we actually value it? And <laughs> are we willing, do we have agencies in power that will fight to uh, protect it um, or not, right? And, uh, and I think there's some, good questions that we need teachers helping kids grapple with about that right now. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. And yeah, I already saw one headline um, this morning 
something along the lines of like how close were we to a, a total collapse of our um, of our national government? And yeah, I, I, I agree. Like I think over time we'll see just how close we came. And I, I I'm on the of the I am of the belief that we were very close. You know, I look at that. Um, you know, I saw the video of of the woman who was shot, and um, you know, apparently that that hallway that they were trying to get into, that's where a lot of the um, Congress people were were sheltering in place. And you know, if that one officer hadn't have used force to stop that that intruder, then the whole wave would have made it in there. And then what? You know, history is full of examples of of mobs rushing government buildings and paying no mind to. Um, this politician or that politician, this party or that party, like everybody could get it. And who knows how close we might've been, who knows, you know, the folks made it all the way to the floor of the Senate and the floor of the house, who knows what would have happened if um, the VP wasn't, the VP and VP elect weren't um, whisked away in time. So very, just again, not surprising because we saw this coming. And in fact, the president himself had been tweeting about this event since December. However, still shocking that it could happen. Shocking that anybody could get that close, especially when you think of other folks who have been um, killed at the Capitol building for getting too close. You know, mm -hmm. the um, the one woman who was, was killed while making a U-turn at, at one of the stops. So again, shocking, maybe not surprising, but I will say it was shocking to me. And I think teachers out there, Again, no matter what content you teach and no matter what age group you teach, it's important to help students process this because it's not going away. It's not done. And no. one thing that we discuss in my classes is that this isn't this isn't isn't solely because of Trump. Like these these themes have existed for since the beginnings of America. And um, he brought it out in people, but it was always there already. He didn't create it. So it will still be there afterwards. If anything, it's going to be um, possibly be worse. So if you're a teacher listening to this, I can say that those quote unquote day after conversations um, are a lot easier when the ongoing themes of your course are tied around humanizing values tied around critical consciousness and helping students have these conversations and understand the importance of of developing and in, in, uh, developing a system or challenging the system um, in order to ensure that everybody, no matter their their um, racial, religious, gender, whatever identity, um, that everybody has the same value, that everybody is part of the same um, community. Now, those conversations get easier when it's not just a one-off. So, if Thursday's classes were a one-off for you. Um, educator, then um, I challenge you to not let them be one-off lessons. And if you need help in that, there's plenty of folks out there um, who can help and there's plenty of resources out there. And I, I know some, a few folks uh, in my circle have really benefited from um, the um, Rethinking Ethnic Studies text and a lot of the Rethinking yeah. Schools um, publications out there, because a lot of them are, are um, compilations of, of chapters and of pieces from different folks. And, and there's, you know, a lot of stuff in there with, with some nuts and bolts things you could do as well as some like understanding and, and helping you understand, um, the importance of this type of stuff. So yeah, um, to be continued, I suppose, but Jeff, you know, I, I gotta say, I gotta say your, your favorite person nobly and, honorably stood up to this and <laughs> is that what we're resigned, calling <laughs> resigned from her post because this is too much. So Betsy um, resigned, I guess, this week. And um, I don't know, Jeff, is she American hero? 
Uh, are you like, is that a serious question? Uh. It is not a serious question. <laughs> Betsy, it's too late. It's too late. You can't resign at the last moment talking about oh, this is too much. I mean, you know, she yeah. just wanted to be out of there yeah. faster. like, And she wanted to avoid um, being pressured to um, be part of invoking the 25th yeah. Amendment. Uh, we see what you're doing, yeah. Betsy. No, we, you're not slick. You're not slick. Not even slick. We're glad you're gone. But you're not slick. You know, I my first instinct when I got the news, Manuel, and folks who follow our um, AOTA show uh, Twitter account, um, you can find us. We're um, at AOTA show um, on the tweets. Uh, was this is the perfect instance to use the uh, Ice Cube from Friday uh, uh, gif uh, saying, bye, Felicia. <laughs> Like, yep. that is 100% my feeling about Betsy DeVos is, bye, Felicia. We'll see you when we see you. Don't let the door hit you in the behind on the way out. There is not a single good thing that she has done in her time in office. She has no integrity whatsoever. whatsoever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, so um, just good riddance. Good riddance. That's all I could say about her. She's done immeasurable harm. She has, uh, there's, you know, she doesn't care about Trump's, you know, response here. She just didn't want to be involved in having to invoke the 25th Amendment, okay? Yeah. Uh, and face any yeah. political consequence around that. So, I mean, she's a mess. Uh, period. End of sentence. However, Jeff, you have to give her credit. Not one student in an American public school was harmed by a grizzly bear <laughs> during her tenure. That's right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, you know, the great irony is she, she wants to arm all the teachers so that when the intruders come to school, the teachers can shoot the intruders. Or if it's a bad kid, because, you know, there are bad kids, then they can the teachers can shoot the kids, right? That makes perfect sense. Meanwhile... <laughs> highly trained Capitol Police officers uh, somehow managed to, uh, to uh, you know, not shoot anybody uh, when the Capitol was under siege. Or I guess one person was shot. I don't know if that was from, person, from a yeah. Capitol Police officer or if that was the, the Secret Service or not. But, uh, right. but yeah, like, the, I mean, this, the, the insanity, man, the insanity is, it's hard to wrap your mind, mind around that this person it is. Was, in, was ostensibly in charge of education in America, even if only for symbolically years. for four friggin' years, man. Like, the whole time. It's a, it's a time. miracle schools could even turn the lights on right now uh, with this ridiculous human being in charge. So. She's gone, right. you know, there's like a Wizard of Oz, ding dong, the witch is dead type of celebration that should be happening somewhere. She's not dead. I don't wish her to die, but I wish her to be alive and uncomfortable somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, wild stuff, man, wild stuff. And speaking of that, this is a, a, a wild month for for us uh, personally, you know, just getting back in the swing of things, uh, school, post-break stuff, all that. So um, next week, we're going to hit you with another passing period. Now, those of you who are uh, who have followed us for a while and 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 love our full episodes with guests and, and, and breakdowns of headlines and all that good stuff, do remember we have, shoot, I think we're up to 63, 64, something like that, full episodes on our website where you could catch up on all the guests that you might have missed and all the discussion topics you might have missed. Most recently, we had Dr. Eddie Como, and we discussed um, student athletes in, in higher education and how 
student athletes, despite the pandemic, despite um, all that's going on in the world, were, were ushered out there to perform for us during this bowl season, during this football season and ongoing basketball season uh, to the detriment of their own health. And, and he really broke down some of the uh, inequities in, embedded in um, athletics, particularly at the college level, particularly for, for black athletes. So very interesting conversation. If you missed that, definitely go back and check that. And, you know, um, you know man, well, I want to issue a challenge to our audience. Challenge. Yeah, yeah. So, because right. I know plenty of our audience, including myself, are going to be watching the college football national championship game on Monday night. Okay. Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, whatever TV network is broadcasting this has paid hundreds of millions of dollars for the rights to that. Uh, those coaches are getting, you know, t uh, multiple millions of dollars in their contracts, endorsement deals, Indeed. camps, sneaker deals, all this kind of stuff. Okay, we're talking about hundreds of millions, if not up into the billions of dollars in terms of total financial enterprise that this game represents, the culmination of, and not a single dime of that is going into the personal checking account of any of the athletes we're going to watch on the field on, on Monday. So what I might issue as a challenge, Manuel, is uh, uh -huh. for people in their safe, socially distanced watching of the national championship game to mute the television and to listen or watch Right, at least like play the audio in the background of our episode with Eddie Como, mm. and just watch the game, enjoy the game, but listen to Dr. Como <laughs> drop some knowledge about uh, some of the ethics and and racial justice issues at play in higher education athletics in this the year of our Lord COVID nineteen and twenty and twenty one. Indeed. I'm with that. I love that because that is that's going back to what we said earlier this episode about um, having that critical lens, and he definitely helped us um, have that critical lens with regards to watching and enjoying college sports. So I love that challenge. I love it. If you're gonna watch the game, mute the commentary. You don't need to hear them anyways. They're you know they're not contributing too much to 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 the enjoyment of the game. And uh, play that episode with uh, Dr. Eddie Como. That is episode number sixty three. All right. And if you missed our episode before that about uh, social uh, social emotional learning in the midst of this pandemic with with David Adams. Go back and check that out because now more than ever, students need our support uh, with regards to social and emotional learning and um, a whole bunch of other episodes. So next week, we, we will be back with the passing period for you. And um, again, AOTAshow.com for all of our previous episodes and all that dope, dope stuff. All right. So um, yeah, I think that about does it for today. Wild times, people wild times, but um, we appreciate y'all listening. We appreciate y'all supporting our show. Uh, if you've found any value in this conversation or any of our other conversations, definitely, definitely give us that that five stars on your podcast app. That goes a long way. Actually, that's one of the best ways to help us out right now is to rate us and review us and uh, help us grow the show in that kind of way. But uh, we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Uh, we hope you have a fantastic week and we will catch you next time. And now it's time for you to go ahead and um, get to class.